Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Fully Vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Fully vaccinated. Woo! Very cool. And today, my guest, my returning guest is Sarah Wood. I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro, so stay tuned for that. But the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep this show going, and thank you to everyone who supports the show. I'm so grateful. And if you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see that most of the time I have conversations about politics, although occasionally I do interview actors about their craft because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. I do two free shows a week, every Monday and Wednesday, and then they are followed by patrons only shows called What's Up with me, Kimberly Johnson. Talk about different things. Some I call it my online diary. I just talk about whatever's on my mind that day. And then once a month, at least I do a patrons only show with a guest. Now, if you sign up for the everything tier, you get everything I just mentioned. Plus, you get the ad-free and much shorter intro show. Again, that's at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email, and you can use that with PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, the Apple Podcast Store, and become a subscriber because it's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please leave a rating and a good review. I would really appreciate it, and thank you to everybody who has. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Sarah Wood. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. Nice to be back. (laughs) Well, I, and I think you are too, I am today is my, I am officially vaccinated. I got vaccinated with my second dose of Moderna two weeks ago today. So it's, it's official. It's crazy. It's kind of weird. Now you're, you're official, right? (laughs) Yep. I, 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 yeah, I've been about almost, been almost a month. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And I can't, did you get, um, what did you get? I got Pfizer. And then what were your side effects on the Pfizer? Or were there any? The first shot, I had a sore arm. The uh-huh. second shot, I got fever, um, rundown. And this was all about, like, it started, like, 10 hours after the shot and, like, right. went through the following day. So my fever finally broke at the end of the following day. Hmm. And then, um, and it was fatigue. But then I woke up the next morning after that, and I was totally fine. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I had... Uh... That that second day it was, or the second dose was a little bit harder. But you know, Bob had Pfizer, and as I predicted, nothing. He had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> and so, but I'm grateful. And then his official two week mark is tomorrow. So we're both fully vaccinated. And I'm just like today, after the show, I'm going to go to the grocery store as I always do. And this is going to be the first time since last fucking March, since March 2020 that I have not washed, I won't wash the groceries. I mean, I'm going to wash my fruits and vegetables, but I do that anyway. So, but it's like, oh my God, this is the first time I I can't even like, I have this whole, I had this whole procedure down where I would have a towel laid out on the counter ready for me to go with an empty sink. And like everything was because I was all paranoid and everything. And so now it's like, wow, it's a, it's, it's a freedom that this, I'm almost like excited to go to the store and come home so I can unpack the groceries and not have to wash them. It's like a weird thing to be excited about. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I did that yesterday. I went to the store and I came back and I was like, cause I usually, I usually take like sanitary wipes yeah. and like wipe everything down. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let them be. Plus like I'm in Connecticut and like, I think our positivity rates like below 1%. Right. Yeah. It's like, really low. And we're yeah. not, and we're like over 70% of our adults are vaccinated. So yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm not really terribly worried. It's right. Not out there very much as it is anyway. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So look, before we, we're going to talk about that grand jury juice. Cause Ooh. Um, but before we get into that, I want to just bring something up that I've been thinking about. And I've, you know, I've kind of touched on this in past podcasts with other guests, but, you know, I ask people, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen? And I'm sure I, I, I don't remember specifically, but I'm, I'm sure we talked about it too. Like, how are you feeling about 2022 and 2024 and this and that? But there is just this like overwhelming feeling that the country is sick and it's not just the country, it's the globe. And just FYI, I recorded a patrons only show that's going to go up today. Um, and I kind of go over this, um, I had spoken to my mother yesterday and she was just in a foul mood. She didn't get sleep. She was having issues with her digestion. So, you know, when you're just, when you're 
lack of sleep and not feeling well, you go into a negative space. So she was in this negative space and we, you know, I had seen, um, Sarah Kenzior had basically scared the shit out of me because she was she was suggesting that nothing is going to be done, that the Democrats are too weak, which sometimes I argue, yes, they are. But um, she was basically saying Mayor Garland was kind of in on it as far as not things not getting done. And so I said something like, uh, you know, Sarah Kenzior is freaking me out right now. And then I got this huge response and I will say that after I was listening to the people who don't listen to her anymore or don't like her, calling her a uh, basically a fear monger, I, I didn't realize this, but in 2019, she had accused Nancy Pelosi of taking Russian mafia money. And I'm oh like, my God. yeah, I'm just like, okay, well, she's not freaking me out quite as much anymore because that's fucking bullshit. And I, you know, I, I do have... I think she she touches on things that I think are absolutely correct, but then I think she overblows them, and people were suggesting that she does this because she's got Gaslit Nation podcast, and she's got a book to sell, and you don't sell books by saying everything is fine. Well, everything is not fine, but I don't know that everything is as bad as she's making it out to be. But all that said, uh, I do believe that we are in a very bad place, even though we had that wonderful election and Joe Biden won, but then you know, Trump got so many, if, you know, Trump got more votes than anybody else after Biden. So he got more votes than Obama and he got more votes than Hillary Clinton. He got more votes than, you know, than anyone outside of Joe Biden in popular votes. And, and so I don't know, I don't know what to think because I feel like number one, we had Trump and I'm just, I just want to see how you feel about this, but it's like, okay, we had Trump and that, what's the word? Like, I mean, it just, he 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 ru- he didn't ruin our country completely but he he created a deep scar and it's not healed yet and it's still um there's still a threat happening with people like Marjorie the GOP just a GOP um and then we have covid so although we are coming out of the worst part of covid um th- this is you know combined the trump situation and the covid situation um has changed for me the way I view everything and, and, and the way I see this country. It, it makes me kind of freaked out, you know, what's going to come. And everything is different now. Like before Trump, things were one way. After Trump, things are another way. And I don't know how to feel because sometimes I feel excited and sometimes I feel filled with doom and I'm just wondering like what do you, what is your take on this how are you feeling in general I have mixed emotions because okay so I look at like 2010 the tea party all of that that mm-hmm. was like a crazy time when you had these crazy people that we made fun of mm-hmm. and we were like oh you know and then we made a joke out of them and then they ended up and then Republicans yeah. like you know bent over to them. I don't want to know a better word. That's not very <laughs> good way to say that, I guess. And then I'll get in trouble, but sorry. Um, and they'll, and they, they ended up winning in 2010. And then in 2012, they still like were able to keep like Congress and all that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at like Marjorie Taylor Greene right now. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, like she is cuckoo bananas. Mm-hmm. Like she is not, of able mind like she is not okay mm-hmm. like i i don't like this whole the whole cute thing the thing she's been saying about the holocaust yes. and all these comparisons and then doubling down on him she's like trying to be trump but yes i, I hate saying that she's not as smart as trump as that it's like, <laughs> I I, know. I, 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 and, you know what i mean yeah. and so i'm just worried though that it's we're gonna have like a replay of like what happened with the tea party yeah. and as we're making fun of marjorie taylor green like mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna like want to go towards her and like get elected because those are the people who are voting mm-hmm. and they're changing all these voting laws all across oh, no. the country and so i do have a slight fear that not that i think the country is going in that direction but it's being rigged in that direction yes yes and instead of and i think the majority of people are of sane mind mm-hmm. and 
are going are more left and and all of that. I do so I don't have I think the majority of people in this country are good. Yeah. But I think that the very loud minority mm-hmm. are in control of way too much. So that's kind of where Mm-hmm. where I'm at. Yeah. And I think as far as Democrats, they need to really unify behind a message. Because I always say, if there's one thing that Republicans are good at, it's going in lockstep with totally. their messaging. Yeah. They are all united behind that. You get a message across the board, from state to state, in the Senate and Congress, everywhere. Mm-hmm. They are all with a unified message. Whereas Democrats, it's I mean, it's great that we have, we're like this party of big ideas, and we mm-hmm. have so many ideas, and like there's left, and there's further left, and there's even further left after that, <laughs> and we all have like, these great ideas, but we don't have unified messaging, and it no. gets really confusing for a lot of folks, and they're just like, I don't know, if I support Nancy Pelosi on this, does that mean I support, you know, this far left person over here right, on yeah. that? Like, I don't want, they don't want to be, I don't know, I think Democrats need to work on their messaging to be like unified and lockstep. I think that that would be very helpful. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Why but... is it that you and I and all these other people on Twitter who don't have leadership positions see this so clearly and the Democratic leadership does not? I don't understand I don't, that. I, I don't understand either. I don't. I think that certain leaders definitely do. Yes. I think that, I think that like Speaker Pelosi, she sees it and mm-hmm. she tries her best to get. She's like the greatest vote whip I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life. Yeah. Like she, she, she says she's going to get it done. She'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets people in lockstep behind her. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of when she steps, of not steps down when she's no longer speaker. Right. Um, but it's not very I hard. I mean, it just it seems to me that there's not only could there be say like online campaigns and like you said off like that 50 state strategy you've got to do the the obvious what Stacey Abrams well okay that's obvious but obvious because it worked is what I want to say I don't want to say what Stacey Abrams did oh it was just obvious and but I mean she actually did it as opposed to not doing it but but that you know knocking on the doors and really selling the Democrats because I think I think what I think it's a combination and again here I'm not a democratic leader. I am not a political strategist. I'm just a citizen with a podcast. And like so many other fucking people. But um it seems to me that the the best strategy is to a tell everybody the benefits of 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 you know what the democratic party has offered this country over the decades um just you could go back to say 1950 or 1960 or whatever just pick a fucking decade and go from there and since then democrats have done a b c and d and then so you you want to give people inspiration because there's a lot of people out there who don't like negative messaging although negative messaging does help the fact that we complain about it doesn't negate the fact that it does motivate people. So we need some positive, inspirational, look what the Democrats, we're the uh, patriotic party, we're the party that cares about people, we're the car- party that cares about civil rights and, and choice and all that, and you know, and really sell themselves and, and back up what they say. Uh, but then at the same time, we need to, you know, it's like I was talking to Bob last night, and he, he his take is also that, you know, you need to point out the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gates's and all these people and, and, and really put them at the forefront of the party and say this is who they are and they are fucking nuts and they want to basically destroy democracy. And I think that it wouldn't be that difficult because, you know, the Republicans hired fucking Frank Luntz and so he figures out, you know, words and phrases or whatever people, you know, connect to and then that memo goes out. And, and then they all have that messaging. And I don't understand why it's so hard for the Democrats to just pick that shit up and do it because it's not hard. And then not only that, you have all of these really popular and very well-spoken celebrities who would do shit for free, you know, if mm-hmm. they were contacted they by the right person. Hey, could you come by? Could you do this at home? Sit at your fucking home computer, whatever it is. You know, they, they don't even have to leave their house. Um some kind of unified message that way and I just I I don't understand it it's really pissing me off because and I gotta say I'm in a bit of a mood today I'm not my usual giggly self although I'm still gonna laugh but it's like I'm kind of down just because I feel like we could be doing a better job and the last thing I'm gonna say on this is last night I saw Ted Lieu 
quote tweeted, and I want to talk about the quote tweets and I don't want to forget, um, but he quote tweeted Marjorie Taylor Greene and he basically was like, please don't do this anymore. Please stop saying this. And it was when, you know, she was, I don't even remember what fucking tweet that was. It might have been the the one about the gold star and, and, and saying, like, wearing masks or, like, the Holocaust. But um, I quote tweeted him and I'm like, look, I understand where you're coming from, but this is not the strategy. Asking these people nicely is not, it, it's basically going to get her more money. You know, she she's just going to fundraise off of it and... I don't understand this. Please stop saying this. I, I get where you have to come in initially and, and you know, be friendly and be respectful. But then when it's clear that the lunatics like her are not going to be listening or respectful, then you've got you've to use a different strategy. And I'm not exactly sure what that is. But all I know is asking nicely isn't going to work. And it's just pissing me off. <laughs> I agree. I do agree. To Ted Lou's credit, he does get really sad. He, he does, and I love him. And I that, do love yeah. Ted. I, and I, I was, I felt bad because I thought he's he follows me. He's probably gonna be like, "Fuck you, bitch! <laughs> Don't tell me what to no, do." <laughs> not Ted. He, no, he's I, he is he's a mate. Like I really like Ted Lou. So he do I. Feel, he most like he just tells it like it is him and like because I because I'm over at Boat Vets and he's a veteran and. And um, him and like Ruben Gallego and all that, like they are just like so savage. And I'm just, I, I love it. I love seeing it. Like that's, like, that's the messaging people need to do. Yeah. Like we can't, being polite doesn't work. I think like certain people in leadership, like say Schumer or Pelosi, and if you're on the upper tier there, mm-hmm. then yeah, you kind of have to mm-hmm. be be polite because you're you're a leader and those are the examples you need to set. Yes, yes. But I think that like if you're just like, your regular average congressperson um just go like see marjorie taylor green she's just going at it she says whatever the yes. hell she wants and we can do that on our side too like but you know not be um anti-semitic and right really awful yeah like i, I can't even i can't even like and people are like this isn't even new for her. She talked about Jewish space lasers <laughs> and like she's, and then, and then my favorite is that she'll go and she'll be stand with Israel. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, no, you can't say those two things. You can't be anti-Semitic over here and then be like, stand right. with Israel. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? She's but pushing, I, she's pushing propaganda and she's getting that base all riled up. And it does, seems like she's doesn't even, it doesn't even matter what the truth is. She just says whatever. But, you know, I will say this, though, because I agree with you. I've seen Ted Lieu just, you know, obliterate people in tweets, and, and he's fantastic. But I felt like even Kevin McCarthy had harsher words for her um, than Ted Lieu did. I, I mean, I just – I feel like, you know, I don't understand this this thinking that if, if we're just – if we play by the rules and we're friendly and nice that they're going to, they're going to play back. And it's like, it's not going to happen. She, she's going to laugh at that tweet. She might even make fun of it. I mean, she actually, she actually retweeted a guy who called Kevin McCarthy, I think a moron and a feckless something. I don't remember. Um, for, you know, condemning her for what she said. She eventually deleted that retweet, but she had retweeted somebody who called fucking her boss a fucking moron and uh i don't know i just i i'm having a tough time i'm having a tough time because i feel like democrats need to do more they need to do more and they're not doing it and democracy is on the line and it's like what is it that what is it that they are missing who needs who needs to have like who needs the conversation i mean i don't i don't know i'm very very frustrated at the moment I know. I mean, I, I totally get it. And I, I, she, my favorite part about McCarthy's statement though, regarding Marjorie Taylor Greene was the fact that he was like, he condemned her and, yeah. and that was good. Yeah. But then he goes off on Pelosi being like, she's right. like the real, the bad one here too. And like you, it's like, you could have just stopped after your condemnation mm-hmm. and wrote best Kevin McCarthy <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you didn't have to keep going. So it's like those two things don't have to yeah. be together in, in the same statement. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you're trying to please with that. Like, Exactly, it's just, yeah. It's just, it's really frustrating because it's just, I don't understand the people that you thought 
you used to think were sane in the Republican Party mm-hmm. are now like, I can't, it's really frustrating. They're starting to be just like the ones that are like at the Marjorie Taylor Greens, like not to that extent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you see how many people like didn't vote for, yeah. um, what was it? Oh, the commission, mm-hmm. the, the January 6th commission. Mm-hmm. You see when people didn't, like 175 Republicans yeah. didn't vote for the January 6th commission. You're like, what? Right. That wasn't a, they attacked the Capitol with the intent of probably capturing or killing you. And you're going to yeah. say, no, you know, that's in the past. We should really move on. Like, well, okay. and, yeah, well, it's yeah. like I was watching on Joy Reid and she was talking about, I think it was her or one of her guests saying that, you know, these Republicans don't necessarily feel this way, but they fear Trump's base and they are legitimately fearing for their lives. So they're voting against what is in their heart because they're like literally afraid for the lives of their family and for their own lives. Well, then they're not doing their job. Right. They're not doing what they were elected to do because mm-hmm. they were elected on the values and the, and the viewpoints that they hold mm-hmm. and of their constituents. And if this like really loud minority of people is dangerous and that's another issue and the mm-hmm. FBI needs to be involved and whoever in security yeah. and police need, they need to be involved. And that's, these people need to be arrested and locked up if they are threat, if they are getting threatening emails mm-hmm. or whatever, all of that needs to be investigated. And it's like, we have to, we have to be brave here. Yeah. We have to, you know, like you see AOC, she's threatened all of the no time. No kidding, yeah. And she is still going to say what's on her mind. And mm-hmm. that is one of the things that I really admire about her. Yeah, me too. Is that she just, she says she got elected for being who she is mm-hmm. and she continues to be who she is despite any threat. And I, and I do appreciate that about her. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the, th- I didn't want to forget this, so I'm not forgetting it. But I think it was Dan Pfeiffer who came out uh, yesterday with an article, or at least I saw it yesterday, and it was talking about how liberals take the bait and uh, help basically promote people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Ted Cruz. And so even though I didn't read the whole article word for word, I skimmed over it and I read a few things. But basically, he was suggesting that rather than quote tweet somebody like them, um, it's better to, to take a screenshot of what they said because what winds up happening is the way Twitter disperses information is what is being talked about, the mo- like what has the most engagement. So even though your quote tweet is not, and, and you get engagement on your quote tweet, that's still promoting their tweet. And I've noticed that, like for instance, here's an example. The other day, uh, T- Ted Cruz compared... American, he said that the American military were pansies. I'm sure you know. <laughs> and my mother tweeted out something and, and used that word pansies. I think she said, you're the real pansy or something like that. And she got kicked off of Twitter for a week. Now, um, I have done it where I've said, you know, hey, please follow my mom. You know, and, and I'll say she's a liberal and she's an author and this and that. So when I when I said, you know, follow her she would maybe get a couple hundred new followers so the other day she had mentioned to me that after she was kicked off all she can do she she can't follow any back and she can't um, retweet or anything she can send dms and i think about that's about it anyway so she said she did get because she posted on facebook that it had happened so people from facebook went over to twitter and followed her on twitter and she's like oh well i'm getting new twitter followers because of this and then she said and i think she was at like 9600 and she says i'm really hoping to get to 10,000 by the end of the summer so i was like okay so i said hey my mom is in twitter jail and because she said exactly the same thing Ted Cruz said, but she got kicked off for a week and he didn't. And then, of course, I used the hashtag Ted Cruz has no balls. And <laughs> she got up to 11,000. Oh, and, wow. and people, I think the reason, part of the reason she got so many new followers is because I, I used that Ted Cruz thing in the same way Marjorie Taylor Greene uses the attacks on her to get more money or more followers or more attention. And so anyway, in the Dan Pfeiffer article, he was saying a way, you know, they they do this on purpose. Ted Cruz says obnoxious things on purpose so that liberals like me or you or whoever quote tweet them 
and, you know, have their knee jerk reaction and call them names or whatever. And the more egregious we are to them, the more they can point to us as being lunatics, the more uh, the they get shared, the algorithm bumps up and the more and more and more and more they are in everybody's feed. So from now on, I am not going to quote tweet any of those people. I will take a screenshot. And then the other thing that he, he suggested is if some if somebody like Ted Cruz says something wrong, instead of quote tweeting him, you can basically explain what he said and then counter him in a different tweet. So I thought those were kind of good pieces of advice because I don't think that leads me to the other day I did quote tweet her, Marjorie, and uh, I don't remember what I said because, you know, she pisses me off so much. But um, and I do try to go for the jugular when I when I go after her. Um and I got a lot, I got a couple of people telling me don't pay her any attention. So I think there's a difference between not giving them the, you know, the algorithm, like the benefit of the algorithm and, the, and, and driving traffic to them. I think that, that we should not do that, but I absolutely do not think any of these people should be ignored. And I see too many that, you know, Bob is on this, this tear and he has been, and I've been on it. I mean, I remember saying the same thing about Ann Coulter back in 12, 10, 2012. It's like people are like, oh, stop giving her attention. And it's like, no, it's uh, she is not popular because people like me give her attention. She is popular because the GOP elevates her. When they ignore her, we can ignore her. And it's like when the GOP ignores Marjorie, then liberals can ignore her. But until then, sadly, she's one of the most popular Congress people. That's just insane yeah. to me. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of that response, like people saying not to quote tweet Marjorie Taylor Greene and Ted Cruz. I, I, they're like, I've gotten a lot of the don't pay her attention, and like I, am never gonna not give her attention because yeah. if we don't expose expose totally. her for how awful she is. Like it's not like a like we're gonna ignore her and she'll go away. That's not gonna happen. No, it'll like, never happen. <laughs> like that's not it's like like some no. I I I find it interesting the screen grab. I have two sides of that coin mm -hmm. i like i like that idea mm -hmm. and i think i will take that into consideration from now on mm -hmm. sometimes though i do like to quote tweet her because i want her to respond yeah but you but you could still tag her i could tag her mm -hmm. so yeah so i guess that is a way around it as i could tag her mm -hmm. And yeah, and I feel the yeah. same way. I, I try to basically, I mean, the way that I feel when I'm doing this with anybody is like if you had the opportunity to get right in front of Ted Cruz's face and say what you really wanted to say, you know, and that's what it, that's what tagging or quote tweeting does. It 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 makes them pay attention to you and, and you kind of get to have that release. You want to you want to stand up to the bully. Yeah, exactly. So I, I am going to take that into consideration as like screen grabbing and. Yeah, I mean, the I last thing I want to do is help them. Instead of giving her all the numbers and like pushing her algorithms and making her more popular. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I see that argument. I think that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just so, <laughs> I don't know. It's like going back to my original uh, question point, whatever. It's like we're in this really weird time because it is not the same. It is not the same America since Trump, Trump, since the escalator ride, really in 2015, mm. everything changed and Americans are so, and it's not just Americans because we've got social media. It's, it's not Trump alone. It's a combination of things. It's the Russian attacks on the country and on democracies around the world. Uh, we, we're dealing, and the thing is, is that social media is involved now, and I'm sure, you know, uh, Russia was doing what it was doing back before the internet, but with the internet, it's given them this tool, because, like, I watched that fucking horrifying documentary, um, oh, God, uh, what is it called? It's it's basically about social media, the social dilemma, and mm -hmm. and I talked about, I think I talked about it on the show before, but I, but it's, it, it's, one of the guys who worked at Facebook said that Vladimir Putin basically just used the tools Facebook offered to fuck with the election in 2016. He did it legally. So mm -hmm. we have these platforms now, especially when you have people running the platforms like Mark Zuckerberg, who is like an evil fucking villain, and they are not 
they are allowing this to happen globally. And, you know, the, the fact that Putin or Russia or whoever, you know, whatever country who wants to destroy democracies, but for sure Putin is like at the top of that list. He's giving that Mark, Zuck Mark Zuckerberg is basically just going here. Here's some some tools to do it. And and then there's no accountability. And and it's like we unless we figure out how to um, regulate the Internet and regulate, you know, sites like Facebook, this is just going to keep going. And I and I'm feeling so doomed. <laughs> I don't want to. You know, I don't want to be the fucking the doom machine but i feel a little doomed i feel I, and i think there is hope i really do but i'm i'm more on the doom side today <laughs> i think facebook needs I, I mean i know why they do it because it drives advertising yeah, dollars but right. they need to do something about their algorithms when you see like the top articles and they're all like dan bung gino whatever his yeah. name is and then like and like ben shapiro yeah. and it's like franklin graham like they're all like the top articles like the top 10 mm -hmm. are like 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 seven of the top 10 are ben shapiro of most viewed articles on facebook and you're just like and they're all conservative and you're just I like know. what is going on there it's just like it's like this this hate spew factory mm -hmm. of just like it's like the algorithms and like what's going on where all of that is and i think that what i they need they need to do something about it mm -hmm. because like like liberal publications it's i don't know if it's just like the fact that there are fewer conservative public like that's not really true but that that people are more funneled to those people versus like there are so much liberal media out there mm -hmm. like li and when i say liberal i mean factual right um yeah <laughs> and you know like you know like newsweek and mm -hmm. new york times and like you know like basically just like oh we got the news and we're reporting it um like why aren't those articles trending and it's like mm -hmm. those are being shared like what's yeah. happening and i think facebook needs to do something about that because yeah. they are driving this misinformation this disinformation throughout the country mm -hmm. and and people literally believe like the whole pandemic thing and how that got going through facebook too yeah and and how i, I read an article yesterday that russia was contacting like french bloggers to write articles to discredit the um, COVID vaccine. Wow. Like, is it, and just like, what? Like, yeah. they're dry, they're helping, not the, pro they are the problem. Like, mm -hmm. they'll go out and be like, you need to get vaccinated. Like, Mark Zuckerberg will be like, you need to go get vaccinated. And we're like, well, no shit. And then, but you're allowing all this disinformation yeah. on your platform. Yeah. And they're doing it because they're making advertising dollars off yeah. of it or like, or, or being promoted and, and whatnot. So it's like, you can't you can't play both sides there. You can't go and tell people to get vaccinated and then be part of the biggest problem and the conspiracies that are telling people not to get vaccinated. I was told that like I, I brought Newsweek up because I was actually like I I sent Newsweek article to a friend and they were like I don't trust Newsweek. Oh God! And I was like Newsweek of all like, Newsweek <laughs> like it's Newsweek. Yeah. <laughs> like like it's not like I was trying to like find the most unbiased source or like right. PBS. Yeah. Or like, you know, NPR yeah. and like all these like like completely unbiased sources and like like I don't trust it. And then I got told that they don't trust the CDC or um the World Health Organization oh. either. Like we're just being lied to. And I'm just like, where are you finding your information? And yeah. of course they don't have anything to say mm -hmm. from that. Like they never actually come back with where they're finding their information. Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's I know. My mother was having a conversation with a MAGA relative and they were going over which news sources they read and watch. And so this woman, uh, who I'm just not going to say who it is, but she's in my family, and she said something about the – she said, oh, well, I watch the local news, but I just don't trust them. It's like saying, I don't trust air. Local fucking news is not opinion. Lo I mean, unless it's unless it is purchased by um, – what is that? that uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Sinclair. Yeah. Unless it's like a Sinclair outfit. Sinclair, Lo yeah, yeah. Local yeah, news is just straight-up news. That's all. It's not an opinion. It's not cable news. So it's just, um, yeah. So you have all these people who are, they're getting information off of Facebook. I mean, I remember there was a girl at my grocery store who had said she wasn't, she was afraid to get the vaccination. And she said something like, oh, somebody died. Somebody died from the vaccination. And I said, where, where did you hear that? I don't know. I read an article. 
uh, and I said, was it on Facebook? And she says, I think so. And I'm like, well, I, if I were you, I would go research it some more because sometimes things get published on Facebook that aren't necessarily accurate. And, um, I mean, I don't know if it was true or not. I know pe some people have died after getting a vaccine, but that doesn't mean they died because of the vaccine. We don't know the whole story. So yeah, just because just because somebody yeah. died doesn't mean it was because of the vaccine. It might have been. And, you know, there might there's always going to be some, um, you know, bad reactions or whatever. You know, there's always going to be something. And even from a fucking flu shot, somebody might die from a flu shot. That doesn't mean that flu shots are unsafe. It just, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's got different um, biology at the time of the shot. And sometimes they're on certain medications or whatever it is. But basically, most people are not dying from getting a fucking COVID vaccine. So <laughs> they're dying from COVID, but not from yeah. the vaccine. And it's just so stupid. But you know what? I do want to switch gears and I want to talk about this, um, this grand jury thing. But first, we're going to have an ad. So we will be back to this conversation after these words from Stephanie Miller. OMG, I am using a new skincare system that I absolutely love. People say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of. Until now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, Genucel is an incredibly powerful natural serum, and with its instant effects, it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. That's right. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results. You can try Genucel right now absolutely risk-free. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. Enter that special promo code Stephanie for an extra 10% off. Order now and get the legendary Genucel XV face cream absolutely free just for trying Genucel today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results, or your money back. That's lovegenucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. Okay, we're back. And uh, so let's talk about this grand jury. Um, did you watch any cable news last night? You know, okay. I didn't. <laughs> I, well, from what I can gather, and that was, that's, I usually don't, but I wanted to see what they were going to say about this. And what I can gather, um, it could be anybody. Like, obviously, they are focusing on the Trump corporation or business or whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean Trump himself will be indicted. Uh, it might mean that. It might mean that the organization itself could have some kind of indictment against it or somebody like Alan Weisselberg. And, you know, the daughter of Alan Weisselberg, I think it was the daughter, said that he would flip because if he were, if he were, and this was not last night, this was a couple of nights ago when she was interviewed, or at least, or I don't remember, they were either replaying the interview with her or it was not too long ago when she had said that faced with like jail time, would, she, would he flip on Trump? And she had no hesitation and said yes. So I'm just, you know, I'm wondering what, what are your thoughts on this whole grand jury thing and where do you think it might go? Yeah, it's because it's, they're targeting the Trump organization, correct? Like that's what yes. they're... Yes, yes. Yeah, which could mean... My my whole thing about Donald Trump um, Sr. is the fact that he shelters himself from any wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. He's, like, really, if he's good at anything, because he, he's not good at lying, if he's good at anything, he's good at that. Like, he's good yeah. at blaming, like, getting other people to take the fall for him. Because look at how many people have fallen mm -hmm. like, around him or gotten, gone to prison, the people that he gets involved with crime. Because mm -hmm. he's, he, he's a crime boss. Like, you think about yeah. <laughs> um, Al Capone, like they never got him for being, you know, the criminal that he was. They got him like on tax fraud. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I, I have, a, I just have this gut instinct that it's not him mm -hmm. that's going to go down for any of this. As mm -hmm. much as I want that to be the case, mm -hmm. I would love it if it was. I think that it could be some of the kids, honestly, hmm. who are in charge right now, like maybe Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, mm -hmm. in some in some what capacity. Um, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, you know, that they probably had fraudulent business dealings and, yeah. um, use it as, like, <laughs> as shell corp for whatever. Um, God knows like 
I just could, I can just imagine like money yeah. laundering and it's like all the, all the <laughs> mafia movies you've ever seen, like all the stuff they do. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of just like a wait and see on all this because I'm so scarred from Trump. I know. I know. We all are. I just feel like he'll, he's never held accountable that I'm just like a wait and see kind of. Well, um, I know. I'm, I'm always like cautiously optimistic. Right. Right. And that's kind of how I stand. Um, I know that, God, I'm trying to think where I heard this, but it was, I, you know, some, it was in my feed. I'll just say that I was scrolling and I, it was in my feed that Mary Trump, her, what, what, whatever she gave to, I guess it was the New York times about Trump's taxes. The, it, it was right after we found out that this investigation by Cy Vance that they were teaming up with Letitia James and that it was now going to be a criminal investigation as opposed to a civil. So mm. that, and, and so it was after that broke, after that news broke, that's when I saw coming down the feed a suggestion that the information about Trump's taxes that Mary Trump gave to the New York Times could possibly, you know, be something that really hurts him and, or, you know, indicts him or whatever it is and and i'm like you i'm not sure it's going to get to trump but with that information because god who had someone someone has trump's tax returns and i don't remember who it is and i think doesn't cy vance have them i think cy vance has them or letitia james somebody has them oh i'm sure that someone has them yeah yeah and and they can't say anything about it but that they have them and so you know usually with the grand jury they don't put together a grand jury unless they feel that they can and and i know in this particular case there is no fucking question mark that that they're going to get some kind of an indictment they're not putting together a grand jury for oh we'll see what happens you know they're they know Mm -hmm. what they're fucking doing and um you know i know for instance like with 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 the with new york man she doesn't fucking mess around and oh yeah just james <laughs> no i when she got to be ag i was like oh yeah this is gonna this is gonna be good i was like yeah so he can't go federally but leave it to new york because she's gonna she's gonna get him and and it looks like she just it looks like she may because it's like yeah. what's the phrase like if you if you come at the king you best not miss exactly like that it's like i have a feeling if if she doesn't have everything she needs she wouldn't she wouldn't be doing it so yeah and um, that goes for Cy Vance too I mean I know people have said about him that they thought he was I've heard I've heard you know people say things like oh well he he is soft on Trump or he's in Trump's corner I I I don't know that I don't know enough about that to comment on it but I'm not really worried about that um the only thing that I'm worried about is is basically let's say they go after Don Jr. and Ivanka or whatever they go after the kids and let's say those kids get indicted and they're going to probably be on trial during the 2022 elections and if that's the case I I mean for all I know they could be on trial during the 2024 elections you know election season and if that's the case, Donald is going to fundraise off of that. He's going to turn this into the deep state and, you know, say whatever he says about the current, you know, uh, what, whether it's the DOJ or these particular lawsuits and, and, and what's going on, the court cases, he's going to use that to his benefit. So it's like as much as I'm excited to see this go down, I'm kind of wondering how is this all going to play out? in the political arena because they're just like with Marjorie Taylor Greene when Democrats say things that are considered an attack that's what they use to raise money on and it's like I'm kind of you know I mean I know Bob is concerned about Trump running again and I'm not I'm not entirely sure he's going to be the nominee and frankly the way I feel about it I mean I think he's he's got his own particular kind of threat but I think that if Ron DeSantis were the candidate, I would be equally as upset. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't yeah. think that that there is a lesser right now because the GOP has turned into this autocratic, fascist, deplorable, disgusting group of just 
toxic fucking traitors. Um, it doesn't matter who's going to be president because now it, it he has ruined that party. And Lindsey Graham was right; he ruined them. And then and yeah. then and then I see. And then here's what I want to ask you about. And how do you feel about this? It's like I keep pe- pe- hearing people say, "Oh, the GOP is done. The GOP is done." And it's like, okay, yeah, actually, I agree. The GOP is done, but that doesn't mean the GOP has lost. It's the, the, the GOP has shifted. Yes, it has turned into something else that's much more dangerous, and they will fight with everything they have to steal democracy, and we'll never get it back. In our lifetimes, we'll never get it back. If, if, if they take over, and that's the biggest concern, and I mean, like, I kind of already asked you about this, like, how do you feel? But I mean, the, the biggest concern is if they are getting those... Um, that I know in certain states, particularly red states, where they're trying, and I don't remember the exact title on this, but they, they want to get people in who won't certify the election in 2024. And that's like, I'm so fucking scared about that. I mean, do you have like a, do you feel a real threat about that? <laughs> you just scared the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't, like, I... It's just so hard to say. <laughs> You're like, They're, why did I agree to come on your show today, Kimberly? You're no, just filled like, with I had doom. A thought, and then you said something, and I completely lost my thought because I was like, oh, God. Like, they're not going to certify the election. And I was like, that's terrifying. Um, oh, my God. I totally did forget what I was going to say. Like, I was just like, I just see, like, the GOP. Like, what I was, I, maybe I can get there again. Or the GOP was shifting, and, like, people are. Yes. Um, that They're just. They cater to, this is what I was going to say, they cater to the wealthy mm-hmm. with tax cuts. And then they cater to, like, their, I'm going to say blue-collar bigots. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, because um, with wedge issues, like abortion and yeah. trans rights and all of those things, because they get them fired up about being bigots. And then they vote, they vote against their best interests, even though, like, they're voting for tax cuts for the wealthy that are going to end up screwing them over. But they don't care because they can tell trans girls they can't play on sports mm-hmm, teams. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, it's clearly more valuable to them than money in their pocket. Yeah. Um, that's how they keep power is by doing those things. Yeah. And, um, they're, and, that, and then you'll see them doing That's why you see, like, the trans issues across the country. They're starting the abortion thing up again. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, they're going to, and I, I always said, like, they are never, I, I have a hope, like, again cautiously optimistic that they'll never really overturn abortion because they need it too much it is like their number one wedge issue in every election cycle is abortion and mm-hmm. getting people to the polls to um to save um a clump of cells mm-hmm. um yeah yeah but see here here's where i'm gonna counter you on that in my debbie my debbie downer the way that i look at it is if if okay let's just say in 2022 they're successful in taking back um whatever whether it's the house or senate or both i don't know um and then there because it's it's the house that certifies the president is that correct is it Um, the house i i'm trying to no i'm feeling i feel like it was I can't, you know what? This yes, is, this is where then they have, you have to have like a senator back you. Like if they okay. object, you have to have like somebody from both houses, like both branches, oh, not branches. You know what I mean? I know from the Senate mean. and House. Right, right, right. Yeah, branches. But, uh, well, I, I know, I know what you mean. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to see if I can find on my fucking feed that thing about the certifying of the, of basically of 2024. Um, but what I was going to say though, is that, if they are successful, if the GOP is successful in 2022 and they are able to get the people in who would have the power to certify whoever is president, then they're and they're not going to, then they don't need Roe v. Wade anymore. They don't need it because they're never going to have a fair election. And, and, and this is not me just being a worry. We were all saying this when Donald Trump, you know, we were afraid that what was going to happen? We, Michael Cohen said there will not be a smooth transition of power, and there was not. And Trump did what he could to try to hold on, and he still is. We had the, in, the violent insurrection, um, but it didn't work. And the one thing that Sarah Kenzior says that is not uh, untrue is that, you know, the first failed coup is basically a dress rehearsal because that's what happened in Nazi Germany. 
they had a I, failed. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah they had I a do. failed coup, and so then over a period of time they figured out the way they needed to proceed in order to have a successful coup. And then they did. And so the idea is, I mean, I totally agree with you that they do not want it. If we were going to have smooth transitions of power, if we were going to have free and fair elections for real, then I can see not overturning Roe v. Wade to, to continue to fundraise and fearmonger. But if they feel they're going to be able to keep power, then it's handmaiden's tale. You know, and yeah. I'm, I know I'm such a downer, but I, I feel like there needs to be I don't you know, this is what I honestly believe. I think the Democrats have to do a lot, you know, like they have to do certain things. They have to whether it's grassroots organizing, um, messaging and all that. But I think what needs to happen is there needs to be some kind of public sentiment or uh overwhelming this is who we are and we're not going to allow you know it's like the idea with white supremacy i'm not sure how many people in this country are fully aware of what's going on as far as white supremacy it's a big fucking deal and you know you've got the oath keepers you've got people in the military you've got people in law enforcement in white supremacy and they are fucking serious they are serious and they've been organizing ever since the internet came to play you know because before the internet they just had phones and snail mail and they were not able to organize in the way that they are now because they can literally organize globally. So somebody sitting in Washington, D.C. can set up a rally in California and vice versa. And I don't know that the average American citizen who's just paying their bills and trying, you know, and coming off of COVID situations and trying to get their kids figured out for school and are, do they know? A lot of people don't even fucking know. They, they're too busy. They are, and a lot of people are just oblivious because they're far too comfortable in their privilege. Yeah. They don't have to care. Mm -hmm. They think that no matter what happens, no matter what party is in power, that nothing is going to happen to them. And that is that is their privilege. And yeah. that is them, you know, like these live, laugh, love um, <laughs> yes, women. Exactly. You know what I mean? Hashtag blessed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, yes. I guess I can't. I'm so rude. But I, that is, you know what I'm... <laughs> You know exactly who I'm I talking totally about. Used to do. People that live like I, I have friends who are like this, and they live <laughs> in their world. And they have their husband and their their kids and their pets, and like yeah. While some of them are involved, which is great, a yeah. lot of them are just they're they're just not, and mm -hmm. they're and they'll make the post like, why does everything have to be so political? Why do yeah. we have to talk about politics? And I'm like, because <laughs> it affects us all, even though you clearly don't want to admit it does. Um, you can live, laugh, love all your way in the anime <laughs> tale, but all right. That's so fucking funny because it's so true. Oh, my God, it's that true. is so true. And it's so sad. And, yeah, it's a lot of the, you know, and, and sadly, women are a big part of it. They just hold up the fucking patriarchy. And, oh, and speaking of the patriarchy, this will be the last thing that we're going to talk about. But, um, and, of course, it's not a bright and happy thing. But uh, <laughs> let me get the notes here. In Pennsylvania, uh, okay, so somebody, this, somebody tweeted this, so I'm just going to read what they I don't have the person's name in front of me. It's somebody from Pennsylvania. Members of the Pennsylvania, Le Pennsylvania legislature today voted to fine, a wo to fine women who miscarry and force them to fill out this form, and he put the form, and it said it's traumatizing for women experiencing incredible loss. Now, this goes back also to Roe v. Wade. So we've got these two situations here. Um, I know the Supreme Court's going to hear that one um, case that might overturn Roe v. Wade or hurt it. And, you know, we're seeing in all these states that women's rights are just being completely obliterated. I mean, it's nothing new. We saw this shit happening in 2011 after the Tea Party did get in. Um, you know, we saw them going in those red states, whether it was Oklahoma or Texas, and just getting rid of, and I don't remember how many, let's just go with, and Mississippi. So, like, let's say there was 50 abortion clinics in Mississippi in 2010. Okay, by the time the Republicans were finished, there was one. And then I think that, I think that one uh, abortion clinic actually went away. So I think maybe there's no abortion clinics, and I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, there might be one. But um, there's no abortion clinics. So if a woman in Mississippi wants to have an abortion, she's kind of fucked. And I, I mean, th this is something that if... 
Pennsylvania women have to fucking pay a fine for having a miscarriage? What so the fuck up. is that? That's so, so, so messed up because it's such a traumatic experience to, and to have, to be pregnant, you want to be pregnant. Yes. And then you lose, you lose your baby. And so it's just like, you can't equate somebody to, that accidentally gets pregnant and is in their right, is in their right to have an abortion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, Republicans just look at this whole issue completely wrong. Like if you want to stop abortion, then you need to prevent pregnancy mm -hmm. and you need to make access to contraceptives accessible and affordable, if not free to all. Yeah. Um, I go as extreme as like mandatory vasectomies, what that means. <laughs> That's probably going to be frowned upon, but it would do it would do the job like prevent pregnancy you don't mm -hmm. have abortion but if you don't have abortion then you have no wedge issue to rile mm -hmm. up the base mm -hmm. so well and here's the thing i totally agree with you i think women in congress should be uh, drafting legislation not as a joke because i know there was one woman who did something as a joke and i can't remember what it was it was fucking kick-ass and off awesome but i just don't remember the details but i do and it might have been a vasectomy but i think so um but it's I think that they should like legit draft it because the stuff that's being drafted that is legit is just as unfucking believable like this. And so it's like, you know, whether it's men or women, I think men should do it, too, not just women. But it's now that there are more women Congress people. I think that they should create legislation that basically says that. All right. Well, if, if a woman is forced to have an abortion, then that, you know figure it out whether it's 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 like you like you were saying like the vasectomy beforehand every man has to get a vasectomy until he's you know financially ready or uh you know or you could do a thing that if a woman's forced to have an abortion then the person who gets her pregnant has to pay for everything or whatever it is just come up with some kind of legislation that you know and i know all the men not all the men some of the men are like fuck yeah let's just do it um, but there would be certain men who would scream and hem and haw. And it's like, well, yeah, we'll join the fucking club. That's the point. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like oh, you're upset because we're going to be making legislation that controls what you can do with reproductive organs. Exactly. Welcome to the fucking fight. <laughs> exactly. And it's like uh, you as a lesbian, you're never going to have to worry about getting pregnant and, and you're not going to have to worry. I'm, well, that's not true because and I don't want to go. I don't want to say the awful, but there could be a situation. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah so that dark situation. So, so there's dark situation. Happen. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but in but, but generally in, speaking, yes. I'm a 40 year old lesbian with my partner, you know, that I've had for like nearly 20 years, yeah. and yeah, so like I'm not going to get pregnant, right? And <laughs> so. neither am I because I'm in menopause. I pass menopause, ain't gonna happen, and so um, it's not something I have to worry about. But I look back over my youth, and there were certain times. Now, I just want to be very clear to not that any red right winger is listening to me or um, <laughs> fucking libertarian know it all, because I say that because I'm thinking of somebody <laughs> specific uh, right winger libertarian. But um, when I was young and out of work, there were times that I went to Planned Parenthood and I was able to just make the donation. And I would always give a donation, even if it was five dollars. Sometimes I would donate twenty five dollars, whatever I could afford. So. If I were out of work, I went to Planned Parenthood. Now, if I had a job, my preference was always going to a legitimate doctor. I mean, not saying Planned Parenthood isn't legitimate, but it's like I preferred to go to a doctor. I preferred to have my own gynecologist like I have right now. I always preferred that rather than going to Planned Parenthood. Part of the reason why is because I remember I remember when I was living in Southern California, there was – I don't. I don't know if you ever went, but there was a Pasadena office that was basically a big, huge craftsman house. And it was good. It was, it was a nice enough place, but it just didn't feel like a doctor. It didn't feel, it didn't have the same vibe. I did actually find in Burbank a Planned Parenthood office that did feel like a doctor's office. But in both case scenarios, pretty long waits where you would go, you know, and sign in and then maybe an hour and a half later, you would finally get to see a doctor, which was usually not the case in a in you know insurance situation when you had a doctor. Maybe you would sign in and you had to wait twenty or twenty minutes. So that was really my biggest issue with Planned Parenthood was that I had to wait a little bit longer to see the doctor. But once I was in, and once I was in the exam room and everything, everything was cool. I always felt comfortable, and then 
when I wanted to be on birth control, I would get free birth control with whatever the donation was. And it saved me in so many cases because in some cases, the birth control was not about controlling birth. It was about controlling cramps or controlling acne. So um, I look back to those times and I'm so grateful. And I also look back to the fact that there were certainly times in my life that if I had become pregnant, I would have absolutely chosen abortion. It's so funny because I had a friend to me saying, oh, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Because I remember (laughs) thinking, oh, my God, if I'm pregnant, I'm getting an abortion. And I absolutely would have because there was no fucking way whoever it was that got me pregnant and I were going to be together like for the long term. And, you know, there was uh, there was just no way that that was going to happen. And whether or not I knew it at the time, I knew that that's not I did not want to trap that person into a relationship by saying I'm pregnant and I didn't want to deal with any of that. I didn't want to be a mother. I mean, I, I figured I might be a mother if the, if everything were, you know, wonderful and I was in love and I felt I had somebody that I could trust and, you know, trust as a father, but I never had that situation. So I absolutely would have gotten abortion. And so now I feel like, well, this is time for me to fight for the younger generation, including the idiot fucking Republicans who are voting against it. I'm still wanting those women to have that choice because we all know Republican women who rail against abortion get abortions. Of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. It's just, it makes me so angry because I just feel like I feel, what's the word? I feel cheated as a woman. You know, growing up, and we've talked about this before, but like growing up in the 80s and 90s and everything, I was like, women empowerment, woohoo! Women are just like thriving and we're, we're just kicking ass. And then all of a sudden, the Tea Party comes in and they're like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> we're taking it away from you. And, and we're just watching it happen like in slow motion. Yeah. And it's just, it's I not feel even like that my slow. generation, like my specific, not like millennials, like I'm in like that just after Gen X, just before millennials generation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where we were like, we reaped the benefits in like the nineties of like, yeah. like a Clinton administration yes. and things were like great. Yeah. And then like, so we just didn't get passionate about anything. I didn't get into politics until I was like, like 24, 25. Oh, well, hello. I didn't get in until I was like my late thirties and forties. So, all right. So maybe it's not, maybe I, I just feel like, I'm like, is it my fault? Is it my generation? Are we like my friends that are posting live, laugh, love, like, like they're on my age. They're all like in their early forties. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I really started getting interested during, during the two, 2000 Chad hanging Chad election. That's what first pulled me in. And then uh, I, you know, it was a slow process of till fine. I mean, and then, oh my God, Sarah Palin scared the shit out of me. And I, that's when I started like regularly watching Rachel Maddow. And then each yeah, year, same. yeah, each year after that, it was just like, and then I got into uh, blogging and everything. And then I wrote a, I wrote an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut and the rest is history. And here I am today talking to you. So um, yeah, but <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful. And I, you know, I'm going to put this out to everybody who's listening to the show. I'd like to know because I ask my guests this all the time and we always talk about it, but what are you feeling? And I have seen some responses from some of you, but like, what are you feeling? Um, and if you're listening, which by the way, thank you. But if you're listening, say on Stitcher or on the sexy liberal podcast network or whatever, hop on over to, um, my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash start me up and give me your feedback and I I can't remember if you have to create your own um, Patreon page in order to do it but it's free I think so it's not like you have to pay anything but I'm just curious what people are thinking because I don't I don't know that I'm alone in this and I I know that um, and I'm not alone but I just I feel like there's so much anxiety going around and it's like it's gripping me today so I'm just I want to hear from people I want to hear what you think but anyway um that's that's neither here nor there because I'm going to be wrapping up the show now and I'm so grateful I'm so grateful because I just want to say Sarah agreed to be on the show last minute I had another guest planned and she couldn't make it so Sarah thank you so much I just want to give you a big hug and I could if you were here because we're both vaccinated we're vaccinated (laughs) Um, so before I let you go uh, where can everybody find you you can find me on all the things on social media at Sarah Wood writer S-A-R-A-H Wood um, writer as in I write things down Um, (laughs) 
And then I'm also um, social media director over at Vote Vets, so you can find some of my commentary there as well. That's so awesome, and I love I love that you do that. I love that you work for Vote Vets now. I just absolutely love that. But and then of course They're you great. can <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y, and then you can buy my books on Amazon. I've got Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion. So you know we were talking about abortion. Um, and then also The Virgin Diaries, which is a book about first-time sexual experiences. And I've got two other books. Check them out. If you like them, give them re- give reviews. And thank you again, Sarah. I really appreciate your last-minute yes. Oh, I, anytime. I love being here. All right. Well, you take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.